Welcome to the Othello Foursquare Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit othellofoursquare.org. We've been talking about, and I, I get set up, um, Miss Shelley's going to come up, if you want to come up. We've been talking about God's will to heal. She shared this with us when we were at Moses Lake, but I want her to share one more time about her experience and what God did in her life. So go ahead, yeah. Um, I want to share about um, just an amazing experience that I had with the Lord. Um, but before I do that, I just want to quickly ask the Lord to just, Father, I just ask that you would just um, go before me, uh, use, use me, Father, as a vessel. Father God, let me for your will. Father, I pray that what I, I'm about to share, Father God, would minister to the congregation, Father God, and just build their, their faith faith in you, Father, and what you can do, Lord, and knowing that you are no respecter of persons, Father God. What you did for me, you desire to do for all. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, And I also want to just, I don't know how to make this super short. (laughs) Um, I just want to state that um, the Lord performed a miraculous miracle in my life. And um, it started back in February, February 4th, at the Glory Invasion with um, Kat Kerr and a young pastor by the name of Ben Lim, who is a part of the Benny Hinn Ministries. I did not know who Ben Lim was. Um, I knew who Kat Kerr was because I had just discovered her probably several weeks before through a a friend of mine at our church in North Carolina. So I started watching her and she just got me so excited about the things of the Lord. Um, And um, I was actually in a place where I was just kind of in that dry spell, you know? And so she just, just listening to her and pouring into my word. And I just, any, I was just super excited about the things that she was sharing about heaven and and the things of the Lord again and uh, I had just was listening to her one night and she said she was going to be in the Tri-Cities and I'm like what (laughs) and so I told my friend you're never going to believe this Kat Kerr is going to be in Kennewick in the Tri-Cities area and she's like no way and I'm like yes so to make a long story short I ended up going to this conference I met Nini and her family through her husband, Leo, who set us up to meet. And um, anyhow, through that conference, um, she talked a lot about breaking strongholds off of your life. And the Lord did break strongholds off my life. Um, Also, during that that process, um, Ben Lim spoke. And um, he had a prayer line, and I decided to go up for prayer. 
And as I'm standing up there, I was just so excited about the things of the Lord. I just wanted what, whatever God had for me that night. I was jumping in the river. And um, so I went up for prayer. I'm thinking and talking to the Lord, saying, okay, Lord, I'm up here. What, what, am, I, what am I asking prayer for? <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm always thinking about my family, what my family's needs are. So that, that's going through my mind. Um, and then there was a whisper that said, what about your back? And the thing about my back is that my, I have been seeing a chiropractor for my back for about three years, um, going every, every two weeks. If I could, I would go every week. There was just something that he was doing that was aligning my back where um, it wasn't hurting. There, most of the time, I could not stand and worship if I could, it wasn't very long because the pain in my lower back was so intense. And that was happening uh, at the Cat Kerr conference as well. And a lot of times when I'm walking, I walk the golf course at, out here. And um, I would walk and have to get to, I think it's hole number one, there's a bench. I'd have to lie on the bench, stretch back to try to get that to loosen up, go around to the next bench, stretch and loosen up. Um, so there was just a, a lot of pain. So um, with that, uh, Pastor Ben, going back to the conference, Pastor Ben Lim came and, and um, he, spoke to, he spoke to me. He gave me a word about a family member, um, laid hands on me, boom, out cold. Um, I didn't get to talk to him about my, my back. <laughs> that it needed to be healed. <laughs> um, so anyhow, we, I um, left the conference, um, went home, didn't think any more about it, just really high on being in the presence of the Lord and just never wanting it to end. Just wished every day could be like that. <laughs> and um, went home, went to bed. Um, I was woken up in the middle of the night by an intense burning heat. It ran from the top of my head all the way down my back and down, down my right leg. And as this is happening, I was kind of in a really groggy, I was in a groggy state. What is going on? What is happening? You know, and I even remember the pain was so intense, I remember even saying, ah, stop. I'm so thankful he didn't stop. So, um, anyhow, the, the, that's when the healing took place. That's when the healing took place. I um, got up the next day. I noticed a complete difference. You know, but your mind starts to play tricks on you, or the Satan wants to come and attack and steal the healing. You know, and it's like, uh, you're, you're, you're not really healed. You know, your, your back still hurts. You know, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and so, and just rebuking those thoughts. And I go out and I, I'm walking the golf course with my little dog. And the Lord says, look at where you are. I am halfway around the golf course. I have not had to stop at a bench to stretch, nor have I had to. I'm no longer... Um, I have not been back to the chiropractor. There's, 
God is just just really good, and he freed me from anxiety that weekend. No longer on any anxiety medication. <laughs> Back's healed. I, Amen. It, it's amazing. I mean, Amen. I just, it was just so out of the box. Yeah. So out of the box. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Shelly. Thank you, Jesus. When, when, when we heard that, and this was been about probably a month ago, it's, it's interesting because we, we think that, like, we have this picture of how God wants to move, and he's just like, I just want to move, and if you would just allow me and die to, die, die to ourselves and allow him to move, like, we're not God. We, we can't pick and choose what he's going to do, how he's going to do it. And that just encourages me so much because a lot of times we can be like, well, I prayed and I didn't see anything. And, but there's, there's something happening. There's something happening. We're sowing seeds and God, and God brings, God brings the power. He is the supplier and his name is authority. So Jesus, so we've been talking about it is God's will to heal. And to be, to be completely honest, this, this wasn't always my thinking. I always thought, because I was trying to play God in my mind and say, well, well, no, but that's God's will for, if, if I'm not, you know, th- then it would be healed. That was, and, it, and, and, and God's saying, well, just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean that it's not happening. And so, as believers, we need to, when we say, when we, when, we, when we take this place of humility, it's also like, let's actually not let our mind and our head get in the way of God coming and doing a miracle. And so, we, but we want to look at Scripture because this is not something we just believe faulty and we're just going to come up here and say, but we believe Scripture shows us and the life of Jesus shows us that this is something that he wants us to embody, this power and authority. And so let's go to the word in John 14, 1 through 14. We won't put it all up here, but if you have your Bible and you have a phone, just follow along because this is so good. I'm going to read it real quick. It says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. That where, I'm a- that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is telling this to Thomas. You've seen the Father because you've seen me. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me? Philip 
Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the work themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do. Because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. He's having this conversation with his disciples, telling them, you've seen me. You know the Father. You've seen me. So I am in the Father. The Father is in me. So when we talk about what is God's will? Well, we look at Jesus' life and it exemplifies the Father's will because the Father is in him. And so this, this, the humanity of Jesus, the healings he performs shows us the importance of our reliance on the Father. So when we go and, and we walk out in faith, believing for healing, believing for God to do a miracle, believing for God to restore someone, transform them. We pray with the authority of Jesus. His name has authority. And so it's not by our doing. Nothing we can do. You don't have to have served for 60 years in church or have read the Bible this many times. It's, by, it's through faith. So in faith, we believe this. And I want to share this story, and we all know this story. That's why I want to share it. The death, the death of Lazarus and the resurrection of Lazarus. But let's let the reality of this story sink in and speak to us this morning and give us hope. Because it says in John 11, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with the cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. <laughs> and it's just so amazing because according to the Jewish beliefs, the soul of the departed person hung around for the body for three days after death. Okay, so this is the fourth day that Jesus is coming. And not only was, did he show his authority over death in itself, but he's saying, look, three days, you guys think any, the soul's still there, so if he's raised to life, he wasn't actually dead. So let me wait till the fourth day to actually prove to you my authority over death. And this is Jesus, right? And it's, it's amazing because 
they, the body had begun to decompose. This was evidenced by the stink, the odor that we read in the story. So it's like, it's done. It stinks, it's done, the body's dead, the soul's departed. How many of us have seen situations, or maybe we're in the situation where it's, we think it's dead, it's gone, there's no hope. And I can even see the evidence of that. And Jesus says, I have all authority and power to bring it back, to restore that broken relationship, to restore the body that the doctors say is gone. It can't be healed. You have this many days to live. You have this many years to live. This is a permanent sickness disease. And Jesus is saying, no, listen to my words. Listen to my voice, because I can speak and call and bring dead men to life. And when we read it, it's, it's so awesome because Jesus in his, his humanity, right, fully man but fully God, has compassion, compassion for Lazarus and his sisters. We read about Jesus in their relationship and this friendship that they had. And it talks about, like, he was saddened to hear the news, but because of his compassion, he moves. We talked about two weeks ago about God's will to heal and he heals because he is compassionate and a loving God. He's a loving father who wants the best for his kids. So no situation is too far gone. God is still able to turn it around. He is willing to heal. We read, he says, and greater works. We can do greater works than him. To me, that, 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 that right there, I'm like, greater works than these, and I'm reading through the Gospels in the life of Jesus and him doing miracles and healing. And again, my mind starts to to come in the way like, that's Jesus, all authority and dominion. He, He had it. But what does he say? I give it to you, my sons, my daughters, children. You have power and authority. And what if and I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm, last night I'm sitting there and, and I'm, I'm reading this and Kenzie's half, halfway asleep, right? So like I'm trying to talk to her, but she's, she's really like, yeah, okay. And I'm getting excited about this because I'm saying, greater works than these? How much greater could it get? And God's saying, well, how much more will you, are you willing to pursue me? And it's like, what if, what would happen if we die to ourselves to pursue his will in everything. He, he is the provider. He is the one who provides. And so we come to him for the source. He is our source of our strength. So ask anything in my name and I will do it. We ask in his name, not by our might, by what he can do. Jesus healed with a word, a touch, physical anointing, he, he healed those that were near him, those who were at a distance, individuals, and like large groups. We see this in his ministry when he's walking the earth. So let's not let our limitations on what we think of how he's going to move keep us from praying, keep us from, see, from believing. Peter, let's, let's read in, in Acts 3, 6 through 10. But Peter said, 
I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Notice who, whose authority is coming in, right? The Jesus, the name of Jesus, Jehovah Rapha, that name. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. I see you walking on the golf course when I'm golfing. <laughs> and they recognized him, the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for owls. And they were filled with wonder and amazement of what had happened to him. And I love this because he, he speaks, right, to the issue. Peter says, I, what I don't have, you're looking for something to heal you that's not going to heal you. Silver and gold, something to satisfy you, it's not going to satisfy you. I have Jesus. And he speaks, and he says, by the power of, of the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Now, it doesn't say he got up and walked, right? What did he do? He grabbed his hand. He grabbed his hand and lifted him up and helped him up. And then his bones, his ankles begin to strengthen. Why? I mean, if God's leading you to lift someone up, to hold their hand and walk with them through their healing, then do that. If he's asking you to go and just pray, then just pray. But like we said, we don't know how it's going to happen. But he's commanded us to pray for the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. This is what he's commanded. And even that, when we talk about that, because he says that in Matthew 10, 8, right? He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. And then he says, you received without pain, so freely give. Give without pay. Meaning, just give. Because you've received it freely. And this, this statement he's making, it's, it's with the implications that we're abiding in him. We're abiding in him. Because many believe, well, you said just pray for anything. I'll pray and it'll happen. If we abide in him. Right. To abide means to be, full, to be engaged, to be fully immersed in his presence how much more he says greater works that you will do than these but how much are we actually pressing into what he's already done so let's just allow that allow that to sink in the reality of that of what jesus is of what he did in his ministry but also what he says he's given us, the authority over. The Father, the father doesn't seem to have a problem making us uncomfortable. You guys ever feel like that? Like, oh, Lord, I feel a little uncomfortable doing that. Right? I mean, I, I've told you guys a hundred times how us even being pastors and me coming up here and speaking would have never been a thing I would have thought of doing it, desired to do. It's very uncomfortable for me to even have thought about doing it. But he didn't care. <laughs> right? Because he, well, he cares, but he knows what's best. 
And my comfort wasn't high on his priority list. And I'm glad it wasn't. Right? When Shelly was that, that burning sensation, Lord, stop. It wasn't comfortable, but God was doing something. And so I personally believe he gives me commands that I am uncomfortable with so that I'll need the comforter. And that's Jesus, Holy Spirit. He is the comforter. And it, it, it puts us in a place where we're not getting the glory because we, we don't, we're, not, we're not enough, but it's through him. And so I know la- last week I talked about that silly illustration about me trying to get my son David to walk. So he's 11 months and, 11 months and like two and, a half, and two and a half weeks old. So in a week and a half, he'll be a year. So I'm like, come on, son. Your sister beat you to walk in? Like, you know, every father's, you know, thinking their, their kid's going to walk at three months, like I said last, last week, and wanting that. But he just doesn't want to go. And he just, he looks uncomfortable when I stand him up and I try to get him to walk. And it's silly because everyone in here would agree with me that he's going to walk. He's going to walk. He keeps falling, whatever, but naturally he was born to walk. And we can see it. He stands up a little bit and then he falls. And what God was showing me even through that, that silly illustration was this is his will for us when, when it comes to, to walking in the authority of, of what he wants to do through his healing power. That because maybe sometimes we've stood up and it's very uncomfortable and it's easier to crawl and not stand up and walk, right? And we've, sometimes we've stood up and even stumbled on some things that are a little messy. His, his still, his design is for us to, to walk. And as a father, he's, give, he, he's looking at us like I look at my son and saying, I know, I know this is what you were designed to do. This is what I've commanded you to do. Now go and, and do it. Keep trying. Keep getting up. Keep walking. Because soon, you begin to strengthen yourself. And that the coordination will get there. Where you don't feel like you're uh, stuttering or have lost for words or trying to work it up. You're just relying on the strength the, the Father's given you. And how he's helped you to grow and move. And while we were worshiping too, my, I, I, I was remembering my daughter at 10 months. When she was 10 months old, she was getting ready to walk. Like she was taking a few steps. But in, 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 in my book, you had to have a certain amount of steps to be like a walker, you know? <laughs> it wasn't just... It wasn't just, you know, across from that chair to that chair. It was like you had to be walking, right? And then maybe if you fall after 10 steps, you're good, but you're, you're walking. But so she was like doing a couple steps when she was 10 months old. 
And then she got sick. She got the flu when she was about 10 and a half months old. And for a few weeks, her strength had dwindled. And this poor little girl, she was like not wanting to walk, not wanting even to crawl, just sitting there. And then all of a sudden, she began to, to build up her strength. And what God was telling me this morning was, how many times have, have there been something like that in our life when it comes to praying for healing and a miracle and deliverance that things actually get worse and messy? And then since that, we're like, okay, well, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm just going to sit here. And it's, it's tough because I get it. There's been, there's been times where things have been abused. The power of God has been abused where we see that where maybe it's, it's not authentic and people are, are looking for to glorify themselves, abusing the authority and power of God. But he's saying, this is what I've commanded you. This is what I've told you to do, to pray. You're not the source of power. Forget about yourself. You're not going to get any of the glory. It's me. If you think you're going to get the glory, then I'm not going to use you to even... Because he, his will is to heal his people. We talked about he did not... He went, his, his body was broken. His blood poured out. He could have just poured out his blood. That would have been a sufficient covering for the new covenant that we have access to him that we can now enter into his presence but his body was broken and it says by his wounds we are healed he his body was broken so that we didn't have to have brokenness in our body and i just i i believe kenzie mentioned this verse malachi 4 2 I want to read it together. If you have it, it says, I'll read it, and if you guys have it. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness, S-U-N, shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. The Messiah is not only a son, the Son of God, he's, he's the Son. S-U-N, who comes with healing in his wings. This was prophesied. This is in Malachi. You guys remember when that lady went and she touched Jesus in his garment? Wings can be translated to, to literally the hem of the garment. And this lady knows if I just reach out, what compelled her to reach out and touch Jesus? But when she touched him, she was healed. He comes with healing in his wings, the son of righteousness, the son. His mercies are new every morning. Maybe we feel like it's been a long journey of, of praying for something, of, of going after something, of asking God for us for healing in a certain area of our life, whether that's mental, physical, spiritual, whatever. But the sun will rise again. The sun will come up, and he comes with healing in his wings. So we just thank you, God, for that. And be bold enough. I would challenge us. Be bold enough to reach out. Reach out and touch him. 
Acts 3.16. I want to read just this one more verse, maybe. Chelsea, you want, you want to go get the, yeah. It says, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. It's faith in his name. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's something here in, in our in in this church we've we've said a lot. We want heaven to come down. <laughs> right? Yes. Heaven come down. On earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. But would, do we actually believe that or do we just say it to feel good? Because in heaven there is no sickness, disease. And we pray that. There is fullness of joy, peace. And so, God, give us, give us the boldness of faith to, to walk in that truth. Really quick, and then the kids are going to come and we're going we're gonna to do something, but... I coach basketball, and sometimes when we're losing, as coach, it's like trying to get the guys to to get excited, to get them pumped up, get them in, you know, enthusiastic about the game. Come on, have some energy. And a few of the times, I've I, I've looked at the players' faces as they're sitting there, and they're kind of trying to be excited. But it's not really genuine. You know, they're like, they're doing it because coach says, hey, do this. Be excited. But what God is saying, and, and basically, sometimes I believe we, we can't just pray to clear our conscience. Well, there's, there's a problem. I'll, I'll, I'm going to pray just to, to clear my conscience, right? No, we pray until we see something. We pray until there's deliverance we pray until there's an answer so more than anything today if you leave with one thing let it be that it's actually god's will to heal and we see that through the life of jesus and it's our reliance on him that gives us power and authority to speak into situations not just physical but every situation and we come to that by being like a child, right? Because a child, what you tell them, they believe. And that's how simple it is. It's an upside-down world with the gospel, right? Come like a child. And this morning, you, let's, let's just stand together. This is so exciting, four-day weekend for some of you teachers and, and, and people, or everyone. But let's get excited about what God wants to do right now, today. If there, is there anyone in here feeling any pain, um, body, they need healing for anything? Um, are we going to have them come up or are we going to go? Okay, raise, raise your hand if you have something that's bothering you. So what we're going to do is the kids, because... We've been teaching them about healing. 
and going through different stories of the Bible about healing. And what we're going to do is we're just going to have the kids just let them know what you need prayer for. And they're just simply going to pray for it. And we're just believing that authority in Jesus' name. And we're believing that God is going to heal. And that he is going to begin to do something in our bodies, in our minds, in our spirits. So um, if you see, if, yeah, anyone, hey, if you want, if you're looking for a new job, if you're looking for, uh, like, you need, you need anything. It doesn't have to be a physical healing. Anyone. Or if you want to stand in for someone you know. Okay? Anyone know anyone who's, who's sick? Who's, who's paralyzed? Who's blind? Let's, let's begin to believe. Come on, this is a time for us to, to activate our faith. God, you are so good. You have something, Shelly? You want someone to pray for you? Skylar, you want to pray for Miss Shelly? And, and, and Mr. Harris right there. Um, yeah. Come on, guys. If, if, there's, if there's... Listen, the enemy, what he doesn't want us to do is when we speak the words of God, he flees. That's what church is about. It's, it's, actually, it's, it's about community. So together we pray and we break every bondage. hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to partner with OFC, you can give on our website, othellofoursquare.org. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time.